This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 402. And the quote of the day is, don't be afraid of being different. Be afraid of being the same as everyone else. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Nick Ruffini. This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and this is episode 402. If you haven't already, if you've been listening to this podcast for 402 episodes, do me a favor. Go to iTunes, leave a rating and a review, and I would appreciate it. What that does helps more people find out about the podcast, and it lets people know that this is a quality podcast. So it'll take a minute. It won't cost you a dime, I promise. And uh, if, like I said, if you've been listening to this for you know 400 episodes or 300 or two, whatever, if you listen and you dig it, do me that favor and uh, go over there and leave a rating and a review. I'd appreciate it. And... That's it. So I'm going to get into this conversation. This is with Sarah Thauer and Steve Pruitt connected us. So I had Steve on the podcast already. Steve, if you're listening, thank you so much for connecting us. I appreciate it. And Sarah is an amazing player. She's from Toronto. So we talk about her growing up in in Toronto and sort of some exterior pressures from family. She's from Indian descent. So she said, you know, they wanted her to be a doctor or a lawyer or, um, or an engineer. And so she sort of had to fight with that. And she came out victorious on top, obviously, because she is definitely making some waves in the drumming community. And it's because she's a badass player. So, but there's a great, there's some great content in here. We talk a lot about the stigma on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff and how you really need to be yourself to, if you really want to build your brand and, and talking about playing with other people and just a really amazing conversation. So I'm glad that we had the opportunity to do it again, Steve, thank you so much for connecting us. And without further ado, let's get into it with Sarah Thauer. Sarah, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you? Good. How's uh, how's Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too excited, you know. <laughs> so off off the air, I was like, I you know, I uh, for the people listening, I was like, oh, where are you in Los Angeles? You're like, no, Toronto. I'm like, okay, that's a totally not even. I wasn't even close. I don't know why. <laughs> I think you know what I think it was. I think that I saw you like doing some stuff with uh, the VF jams, and then I saw you doing stuff with Elmo and all that stuff. And like somehow, yes. I just I knew you were from Toronto, uh, but I, for some reason, I thought you were in LA. So, but anyway, oh. uh, yeah, you're you're in Toronto. So how's Toronto this time of year? It's great. It's sunny. It's hot. I'm wearing my shorts and t-shirt. I like it's great. Toronto's a great city. I think Toronto is one of the most underrated cities out there. Like I just, I, I really, I've been there a bunch of times, not a bunch of times. I'm exaggerating. I've been there a few times, uh, but yeah. I think it's a really, really great city. It's a fantastic city. So diverse musically, culturally. It's amazing. Yeah. I was going to ask, how is, how is the music scene? The music scene is fantastic. Like you just go downtown Toronto, you got Cuban music, you got jazz, you know, R&B, gospel. Toronto's so huge. It's Bollywood music, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah. Do you know do you know Max Sennett? I do know Max Sennett. Of course. Okay. I I had him he's a, he's a listener of the podcast and then I had him on the show uh as well. And he's is he in Toronto or is he He is. He's in Toronto. Okay. I thought so. I I I thought he was, but I wasn't. wasn't Obviously, geography is not my strong point here. So, uh, I mean, I knew he was. I knew he was in Canada somewhere, but I wasn't sure if he was in Toronto. Um, yes. So, I want to let's rewind back a little bit, and uh, you know, the listeners always know that I like to get some backstory. I like to get a little bit of context of of who you are, where you're from, and all that. You're you're from Toronto, born and raised in Toronto. Yes. Born and raised, yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about your childhood growing up and did you grow up in a musical family? Like how did, how did this whole thing happen? Yeah. So I grew up in a musical family. 
My dad's a musician. Um, he plays keys, a bunch of other Indian instruments, such as mm -hmm. harmonium and et cetera. And I started playing music, started playing drums at about age two. And my first performance on stage was at about age five in his band. So he'd babysit my twin sister and I on drums and percussion and vocals and piano. And I would sneak like at his rehearsals and sit in. And so just being around instruments and music all the time. Yeah. What was your, you said your first performance was at five. What were you playing? Drums? I was playing like Indian congas. I'm kind of okay. getting the name Indian congas. It replicates the Cuban congas, but it's a different context because it's three actually. So mm -hmm. it's cool. What are they yeah. called? There's no formal name for it. Okay. They, they're kind of like congas. So I just say Indian congas because Indians play it. I'm trying to see. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to. I wonder if I've ever. I'm, I'm sure I've seen them before. Uh, yeah. The interesting, um, it, it's funny that we're talking about this now, uh, for me particularly, because my four-year-old nephew has been, so my brother plays drums, uh, he got me into playing drums, and now my nephew is playing drums, and he's four. And, wow. And he's like, I mean, of course, I'm like, oh my god, he's the greatest drummer in the world, because it's my nephew. But, <laughs> you know, it's like everybody who thinks their kid's cute, and you're like, mm, your kid's not that cute. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm definitely going to get a lot of flack from that. But, but you oh, know, yeah. it's like everyone's like, my kid's the smartest. My kid's going to be a professional athlete. My kid's the greatest drummer in the world, all that stuff. Yes. And I think a lot of times we have this bias because they're our family or, or our kids. But I, I, I do think he's, you know, I do think he's, he's progressing and, and it's interesting to see. But <clears throat> at, at that age, the in the most interesting part, and and I'm I don't know if you remember this or not, but you're such a sponge that you are making exponential progress, like yes. weekly. It's amazing yes. because once you get you know as you get older, and you and I'm sure you notice this that like it takes a lot longer now to get a lot better than you are now because you're you're such such a refined player and you've been practicing for all these years. But at that age, it's like every week you're ten times better than you were the week before. Mm hmm. And I just feel like at that age, you're generally not afraid to make mistakes. You just go for things. You just do whatever. Mm -hmm. So and I feel like now, you know, we're all conscious because of social media and being recorded. So maybe sometimes we're kind of holding ourselves back from the potential that we could we could have and we could be, I think. That makes sense. Do you feel that? Do you feel that pressure? Like, are you nervous of putting a video up or are you no, no, nervous of, you know, someone and I'm man, I, we'll talk about the VF jams because I'm sure that was pretty intimidating, but um, I don't care who you are. Like it, that that's intimidating, but um, yeah. are you, are you sort of nervous when you see someone pull their phone out and you're playing? No, I've come to this point where I'm just like, we're all humans. We don't have batteries in us. So if it's a mistake, it's going to happen. Just let it all hang out. You know, we're right. all, we're all just human. So, right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think that, I think that a lot of people can learn from that too. There are so I've heard crazy stories about, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old girls will put a picture up on Instagram. And if it doesn't get enough likes, they get yeah. made fun of in school and they have to take it down. Like, or they'll you take know, it down because if they don't, they're going to get ridiculed in class the next day or something like that. But I think that culture extends yeah. to that, to all of us where it's like people and I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm scared to like, you know, I'm worried about some because. I always say that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how yes. good you are, whatever. Like if you put something on, on social media, someone's going to say it sucks. You know, like yeah. someone's going to be like, you're ugly or you're stupid or that the, you're not a good player or whatever. Like that's bound to happen. And you got to sort of let that go. You know what my mom always tells me? She's like, who cares about what people think or what they say? She's like, they don't pay your bills. They don't put food on your table. You're living life in your own body so if right. you're happy who cares right you know? right it reminds yeah. me of the the there's a theodore roosevelt quote about the man in the arena i don't know if you've ever if you've ever heard no. of it but it's basically like it's basically like if if you're not the person that is in the arena fighting and you're the person mm -hmm. sitting on the sidelines who are you to criticize what i'm doing so like if you're exactly. putting and i'll send it to you it's a, it's a it's a great uh it's a great little passage but it's the idea of you know hey if i'm putting out videos on instagram and you're and you're talking smack and then i go look at your instagram page and you've never put a video up or you have a video yeah. up and you're horrible and it's like yeah. dude you just said that like you just watched the video of steve gad and you're like this guy sucks and then like you know it's just it's funny to me like the sort of the the spectator you know 
Oh, yeah. And like I've seen quotes and don't quote me on this or don't quote people on this. But apparently like Beethoven didn't like, you know, this person who was like another very famous composer. I don't want to give a wrong name, but right. I feel like everybody has an opinion on everybody. And of course, not to be all like, woo, but like what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's bad. You know, if something makes you feel good, just leave it there. You know right. what I mean? Totally. It's totally subjective. And, you know, yeah, good, it's like whether you're good looking or not, whether you're a good drummer or not, whether the music is good or not, or whether, you know, whether it's cool or not, all of that is, yeah. all of that is totally subjective. I don't know how, I don't know how we got this far into it because <laughs> like I always say, I'm like, I, I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, I think most people are genuinely good people. Like they want to be yes. nice to people. They want other yes. people to like them. They want to like other people. Like when, I don't yeah. know where this sort of like age of like cynicism and ridicule and, and, and like making fun of other, I don't know where that, where, where that comes from because we don't want that, you know, like we don't want no. that for ourselves. And I also feel like social media sets the standard of, oh my God, my life is so perfect. And right. so everyone feels like they have to show everything that they got and take these fancy pictures and put these weird quotes underneath them and, you know, not really live in the moment or be in the moment. Right. right. So everyone's just showing how perfect they are. So it brings so a lot of anger. Yeah. That highlight reel. Yeah, yeah basically. Know. I also think the other side of it too is how we're you know we tend to be really hard on ourselves and it's like you know yes. you mess up something and you're like i'm an idiot i'm a loser i'm a and i, I yes. i'm like if you wouldn't say that to the person you love if you wouldn't say that to your husband yes. your wife your mom your dad or why would you say it to yourself exactly why would you be that harsh on yourself you know exactly i don't know i don't know so let's i want to i skip around a lot because my brain is all over the place uh so i want to go back <laughs> to you being so we went down we sort of went down a rabbit hole with all the social media stuff um but tell me about tell me about like you're growing up you're five you know you, you're performing yeah. with your dad and what do you think is it just like is it just part of life at that point or are your are your parents sort of nurturing that or are you like i'm five and i'm I'm a percussionist musician and this is it. Like, this is life for me. So for me, it was always just a part of my being. I never consciously chose it. I'd go to sleep. I'd listen to drums. I'd wake up, I'd play drums. It was just a way of life. Mm -hmm. So it's funny being a, f a girl, being a female, my parents never wanted me to play drums. So they put me in singing lessons for about 15 years. They put me in piano lessons for 15 years. They wanted me to be a singer songwriter. Why and didn't they want you to play drums? Cause they were like, you have to carry all that heavy stuff by yourself and you're going to be, you know, no one cares about the drummer. If you're the singer, you're in the, uh, like in the front of the stage and right. like, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. And they never wanted me to suffer as immigrant parents coming from a harsh life back home. You know, they wanted me to lead a good life. Do you think that would have been um, different if you were a man? Uh, like in terms of them wanting me to play drums? Well, yeah, I mean, because you're like, oh, you got to lug all the stuff and like you should be in the front and, and all that stuff. Because yeah. I think, at you know, a woman a woman playing drums uh now so it i think that it's there's a lot more women playing drums which is i think is amazing but i would yeah. imagine that there's sort of a stigma at you know at that time like women don't play drums like they they're out front they're Ye singing and all that sort of stuff yeah so i think it's two sides to that because if if i was a dude i think my parents would not want me to play or be a drummer anyway because my dad's a musician and he understands mm -hmm. the role of a musician and how you right, have to right, work right. really hard and etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. but in terms of being the whole woman thing my parents were always worried about my safety mm. roaming out nate alone at night traveling alone you know guys hitting on you or like whatever it may be so i think that sure. was kind of the main concern and then they saw that i was very pers persistent you know i did a lot of gigs and got really like recognized at a very early age so they're like you know what she's going for it and my mom has this quote how does it go again uh, oh my God. I, I, you know, I prepared it. I read it before this interview and now it slips my mind. But basically it just states that like either you educate yourself as a woman or you pick up your skirt. You know what I mean? Huh? So she always told me, educate yourself. And my mom's an engineer and she kind of works in a field full of guys all the time. Right. So right. I'm a firm believer. Like if you want to go for something, whether you're a guy or whether you're a girl, especially if you're a girl, you got to just really go full out and just educate yourself. So no one kind of condescends you because you're a woman, you know, et cetera, sure. et cetera. I was talking yeah. to um, Helen De La Rosa about it. And she was saying sort of the same, like she would show up at gigs and 
you know, they would either sort of look at her like, what are you doing here? Or yeah. like, what time's the drummer getting here? Like thinking she was like yeah. helping set up. And she's like, no, 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 I'm the drummer. And then she would start playing and everyone just shut up. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. So like you, I think it's the same thing. It's like, I'm not here. I'm not here because I'm pretty. I'm here because I can play my ass off. And that's, you know. Exactly. That's what I'm doing here. Oh, so yeah. Do you, do you feel a lot of that? Um, do you feel a lot of the, the pressure as a woman drummer? Do you, do you get, do you feel like maybe you don't have the same opportunities or that you you feel like it's harder for you to make it uh, in this field? To be honest, I don't like to think of it that way because I feel like if I do think about it, I don't know, I may get jaded or whatever. Sure. I just play. I just practice. I just do gigs. But that's how I think about it. I just think I of love women, that men. Yeah, you know, like, I, like I'm not the type of person who's like, you know, women need like more gigs than men or men are this. No, no, no. I just think we're all human beings. We're all right. the same. And we all love drums. And just right. think of yourself like that. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that we... We become what we think about. So if you're constantly, whether you, whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. But if you're constantly yeah. like, man, I'm not getting the gigs I should be getting, or like oh, yes. this thing, or and you start complaining, and like you, I, I this is me, sort of like my woo woo, like spiritual side. But I think that yeah. you know you attract that, and of course you attract that negativity, or like no one, you know, you're like, oh, I'm not getting the gigs because of this, and I, I there's something. I don't know how to explain it. I, I, it's not like a religious thing, but there's something out there yes. that you get what you, you know, you attract what you think about. And Definitely. Definitely. I wholeheartedly believe that. And I just believe you do the best that you can in the moment. The rest mm -hmm. is out of your control. Yeah. So like, rather than being worried about, oh my God, I'm a woman and this person said this, I'm just like, I'd rather call my grandma and go and practice than waste <laughs> right, my time thinking right. about that. You know, right. Yeah. There's no, it doesn't do anything for you. No, Complaining or worrying or, you know, or all, it doesn't exactly. do anything. And I just personally believe you do the work. So for me, I believe in inspiring other girls, other women to play the drums or do what they want to do in their life and not mm -hmm. worry that they won't get the same opportunities as a man by just doing what I do. I don't like to talk too much and be very jaded. So I just believe do the work and let your work kind of speak for you. And that will also help inspire others. That's just kind of how I wrap my head around this kind of stuff. That's amazing advice. I think, tell me what, tell me your opinion, but I think that most people who are sort of worried about whether they're good enough or, or they're not right. getting the gigs and all that stuff. I think they're underprepared and they know it like deep down right. inside. They're like, you know what? I haven't actually I have, I mean, there's another side of it that's like the imposter syndrome syndrome that we all have that we're like, one of these days, these people are going to find out that I'm a phony. You know, like, I think we all have that inside of us, but, definitely. Uh, but, but by and large, like the confidence comes from, like you said, doing the work, educating yourself, knowing that yes. you're prepared when you walk in there, you're like, you're damn right. I'm going to kill it because I'm prepared. I didn't half-ass it. I'm not like pulling the wool over anyone's eyes and faking it. You know, like I'm prepared and I'm a pro. Exactly. And I just feel like even if you feel that you're not prepared, even though you feel like, you know, maybe you're not good enough, just do it because there's a lesson to learn in anything and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting point that that we were talking about, about what you attract, to, you know, and and um, like complaining and, and attracting all this negativity and everything. They did a study of people who were attacked in the street, mugged or, you know, got in a fight or, or whatever it was. And I for, I don't I forget the percentage but it was a really high percentage of those people like something ridiculous like 90 some percent have mm -hmm. always feared that they were going to get attacked. Wow. Yeah. And the study was sort of saying that not that not blaming these people but wondering how did you maybe attract this to you. Like it's sort of like how you know how they say animals can smell fear and it's sort of like that you give off that right. energy that you're afraid and i don't know what it's like the study i i have to find the study but it was basically like yeah i've always worried about getting i've always been scared that i was going to get mugged or like i knew it was going to happen to me and it almost becomes like this self-fulfilling prophecy which is crazy to me wow that's super interesting it's neat it's it's sad on one end but it's it's pretty interesting on the other end where it's like maybe we are yeah. what we think about you know Maybe so. I if it works for bad, it could work for good. Yeah, exactly. It could totally work for good. Yes, hundred percent. So, 
we're again we're gonna we're bouncing around um so so as you so what happened what was it like in your house when you're like listen i'm gonna be a drummer i know you don't want me to be you want me to be a singer you want me to to uh you know maybe choose a different career path in general but i know and answer this for me i know a lot of people who grew up with parents as musicians and a lot of them said listen being a musician is great as a hobby and as a side gig but don't do it for your career like that's not a thing that you do for your career. You do it as a hobby. Where is that? Is that the message that you were getting? I would say yes. Um, yeah. Especially being born in like you know in an Indian kind of mentality household, become a doctor, become an engineer, become a lawyer. That's that's a real thing. And like I have a twin right. sister, and mm-hmm. she's a doctor. Right. And whenever I walk around, people are like, "Oh my god, your sister's doing so well!" And wait, you're hitting things for a living, basically. Right. So uh, my parents are super supportive. Since I was a kid, even though they wanted me to become a singer, they bought me three drum sets. They bought me like a bunch of percussion, Indian percussion instruments, and they knew I just loved it. And I just told them and I promised them that if you support me to do what I want to do, I will give my 101% and there's no looking back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I just kind of made that promise and I just I just give my all. That's the kind of mindset I have. Well, and the beauty of it is, it's like you. If it's not working, you can always go do something else. You, yeah, you totally can. You, you got to have a plan B. And I just feel like that's where the whole educating yourself comes into place: finding your strengths, finding who you are, finding what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. There's so many streams in music. It's not just like playing drums. You know right. what I mean? Right. So, yeah. So I'm guessing they made you go to college. Yeah, I went to university. I went to a university called York University in Toronto. And there I was awarded the Oscar Peterson scholarship, which was basically like $40,000, which covers like everything for me. And um, I got heavily involved into jazz theory, composition, blah, blah, blah. Got heavily exposed to playing gospel music, you know, a lot of jazz stuff, learned formerly Cuban and Brazilian music. So it just made me more exposed to different genres of music and to different people in the in the Toronto scene. So you went to school for music performance? Yes, music performance on drum set. Were your yeah. parents like, oh, come on, go for something else? Oh, yeah, man, of course. My mom still tells me, so what are you going to do a master's? I'm like, mom, we've had this talk. <laughs> it's funny that, you know, they're like, isn't there like a, isn't there like a pre-med thing that you could do while you're in there? <laughs> yeah. You're like, mom, stop. I'm not, I just, yeah. I'm playing drums. I'm not going to be a doctor. Enough is enough. Right. <laughs> When I was younger, I kind of, I was like, oh, maybe I'd like to be a doctor. I just, I like helping people. So I was like, oh, I'd like to be a doctor. And then I went like, I'd see blood and I'm like, nope, not, can't, not going to do that. I can't like, I can't even get like needles if I have to get like blood taken or anything. I'm like, I'm going to tell a really embarrassing story quickly, but uh, I had to get, I had to get blood taken. Uh, This was like, uh, I had to get it for like insurance purposes or something. And I go in, they have like nine vials and they're like, Oh, we're going to take all this blood. And, uh, and I chickened out and I was like, no, I'm out of here. And I left and I tell that story and people were like, Oh my God, like, what do you, what did your parents say? And I'm like, Oh, you mean what did my wife say? Because I was 36 when that happened. (laughs) 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 This was like last year. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, no, 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 I'm not getting, no, I'm not getting, no way. And I was like out the door. So I called my wife and I was like, yeah, I left. And she's like, are you, are you serious? And she was like, how old are you? She was pissed. But I was like, I'm just, I'm afraid of neat. So, I, so anyway, I can never be a doctor. So. Oh my God. No, no. Good thing I don't have Indian parents because I would have been like, no, I can't. Oh. I can't do it. I can't do it. They slap you, silly man. They strap you to that chair. <laughs> right. <laughs> If you're looking for a top-of-the-line snare, then look no farther than the Mapex Black Panther Design Lab series. These are designed to combine sound concepts to create unique and personal instruments for the demanding player. They come in three unique variations, and they all have their own unique sound quality to them. You have the Heartbreaker, which is dark and rustic and throaty. You have the Cherry Bomb, which is vintage, controlled, and precise. And then you have the Equinox, which will give you that classic, bright, articulate sound. To learn more about the Mapex Black Panther Design Lab series, go to mapexdrums.com. You may sit at the back of the stage, but the band revolves around you. Why? Because you set the tempo, the intensity, and most importantly, the tone. And the easiest way to set the tone is to play Evan's drum heads 
with Level 360 technology. Thanks to Level 360 technology, Evan's drum heads fit perfectly across the shell and allow for increased tension to help you find that sweet spot. Plus, they take you well beyond the tuning ranges for higher highs and lower lows. So now the sound that you want will always be the sound that you get. You can learn more by going to evansdrumheads.com. Now let's get back into it with Sarah Thauer. When you were in college, uh, you're, so you're learning, you know, you're learning all these different styles of music. You're playing with all these different people. You're getting exposed to everything. That's great for yeah. your playing. Uh, and I think it helps on the one side of your career, but the other side is like the career side of your career, right? The business, the, yeah. the getting gigs. Okay. Once you get out of college, you face the harsh realities. Like, oh, I got to pay my bills. I got to figure out how I'm yes. going to do this for a living. What was your approach coming out and how did you start to cultivate gigs? Because I think this is important for a lot of people now, especially who are graduating, like we're right at like dads and grads time right now where people are graduating yes. college. And what was your approach? Because I, I want to try to educate as many people who are coming out of school because I think a lot of people are going to school for music. They learn all yes. this stuff. They come out, they're $100,000 in debt and they can't get a yes. gig. So I'm going to say two things. The first thing is like I was very lucky that I was putting up YouTube videos at age like 15, 16 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I got, a, I got a lot of exposure from musicians in India from the Bollywood industry. Right. So they would contact me to come to India to do sessions and all this kind of stuff. I couldn't, I had to decline because I was still in school and all that kind of stuff. But right. what I'm trying to say is that I started really early to promote myself. And because mm. my parents gave me this mentality of, if you want to be a drummer, think of yourself as being an artist drummer. Don't just think of yourself as a musician. Makes sense. So you never have to rely, you never have to rely on an artist to get gigs. So that's kind of my mentality on things is building a brand for myself. Mm -hmm. So, so what just, are, yeah, what are, what are some people, I, that's the best piece of advice I ever got in my entire life. That was like, don't wait for the phone to ring, create your own opportunities. Like exactly. if you're, if no, if the band's not calling you, create your own band and go do it. What are, what are your, some, you know, maybe like your top pieces of advice of like, how do you start brand building? How do you start get, is it just like, because, because I think a lot of people just create videos and just throw them, they kind of like throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. So what I find is that a lot of people chase trends and they don't dig deep as to who they are as a person, what they like, what they dislike. So I digged in deep to what makes me happy and how I can connect to the public like that, who I like to listen to and who inspires me. And, and that's what I think you got to do. And that's how you build a brand rather than, oh my God, everyone's playing all these chops on Instagram and right. I need to play 10 BPM faster than them. And let me keep refreshing my Instagram page to see how many followers and likes I'm getting. It doesn't work that way. Right. Right. Yeah. And first of um, all, we're not going to go down the chops road because I have, uh, I have, I have my own opinions about that. But, um, uh, the other, the other side of it is. All of that stuff is for drummers. And guess what? It's true. Drummers don't hire drummers. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I love chops and stuff like that. Like, it's fun. It's of totally course. fun. Of course. You know, but, but you know what? You got to do your homework. You got to educate yourself to know when and where you can use these things. Right. Right. You know, and I love, that I, I love Swedish fish, right? I can't eat yeah. Swedish fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks, and that's, that's what I'm it. Saying. Like I gotta exactly. eat some veg. You gotta eat some vegetables too, and that's kind of how I look at it with drumming. Like you can't just have chops all day long. Like you got to do something else too. Sorry, I totally exactly. cut you off though. What were you saying? No, not at all. And uh, one thing I just wanted to say in terms of the, your question previously was that I think uh, okay when I, when I look at singers, everybody can sing. Like in terms of you look at Justin Bieber, you look at Madonna, but what makes Bieber Bieber or Madonna Madonna? They have a sense of identity. Sometimes mm -hmm. I find as musicians, we lose that sense of identity because we focus too much on our facility or about making the artist happy. So I, I just think as a brand, you got to figure out who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. How, yeah. and this may be a, a tough question to answer, but how do you, mm -hmm. how do you figure that out? Like someone's listening and they're like, okay, Sarah, that's great. Like I, yeah. how do I, how do I figure out who I am? And like, how do I, how do I express that in 
my videos and and the stuff that I'm that I'm putting out online. I have my own uh, ideas on that, but I would love to hear yours. Definitely. So, for instance, for me, I grew up listening to music that was Indian music that didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of drum kit in the music. So, as a child, I would take a lot of I would listen to a lot of percussion instruments and transcribe that on the drums. So sometimes my approach can be very non-conventional. And before I was maybe embarrassed of that or I would kind of push that to the side, I thought that was lame. But then I found out that, you know what, but this is me. And I decided to incorporate that in my gospel gigs that I do, in the Mm R&B funkings that I do. I figured out what I like to wear, what I like to dress, what kind of TV shows do I like to watch. Like drums is not just if you're playing traditional grip or if you're playing match grip. Drums is a part of your personality, your well-being, who you are. So what you watch on TV, the life that you live, the friends that you have, the people who you're dating, I feel like that influences your brand and who you are and how you sound and what you do. So mm-hmm. I think think of drums and music and your brand as you as a whole being rather than just how you sound and how you play. Right. I I think a lot of people take themselves way too seriously too on you know on Instagram or well, I mean like I think we're just we keep saying Instagram but it doesn't mean social media whatever or or yeah, any sort yeah. of public profile where it's like everything is professional and I I do this thing and, oh, and it's like but when you see the people who are just themselves and they're like if they're a goofball like be a goofball you know like if oh, you're man. If you're like super like uptight and like and rigid, then be that person in the video. Don't try to be like, don't force this. Don't force trying to be funny if you're not a funny person or like, you know, like. Exactly. You know, like for me, I love being crazy, being a goofball. That's kind of like who I am. And I remember back in December, we had like a gigantic snowstorm here where like there was no power. I brought a kick snare and hi-hats in my backyard into the snow and I made a video, like one minute video. And I got like a lot of fantastic response, like over like 500,000 views and all that kind of stuff. That's but insane. Some people, it's crazy. But then some people were saying that, oh, look at her, you know, marketing strategy to get views. And you're always going to get those kind of people. But I'm like, if you knew me, you knew I would do something like that. Right, right. So I put, yeah. I put a post up a couple weeks ago on Instagram and was just like, look, like it was just a picture of me and i was like look here's all the like here's all the stuff i'm like self-conscious about you know what i mean i'm like yeah. i'm self-conscious about like i'm losing my hair and i'm short and this and that like and all this other stuff and it just like went down the list and was like but but the like we're, everyone has all of these these yes. you know these self-conscious things about them but like you know we're we're all human and the crazy thing about that post is like i probably got the most comments on that about anything else that people were just like oh man i yeah like i struggle with that same thing too or like i i don't want to talk about this thing on social media and and there's like everyone has like this this facade up where i think that if you break down that facade first of all it's such a liberating feeling and like it becomes so easy you don't have to think about it you don't have to like manufacture anything you just be yourself and it's it's a lot easier and it shows in your drumming, it shows in the music. I really believe in just being vulnerable, you know. Mm-hmm. And even as a woman, sometimes being, like, having that pressure to look a certain way, like, I hate wearing makeup. Right. Or, like, you know, sometimes I, my unibrow grows out, like, you know, brown girls are really hairy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Right. Just I just think just be you, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I, I don't understand why every – not everyone, but so many people are – they just want to be someone else. But if they were someone else, they wouldn't want to be that person. They'd be like, oh, I want to be this other person. It's like, just exactly. be the person. Just be the person you are. Easier said than done. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Hopefully we can spread more of that. Just, you know, especially in the drumming world. Just just do yeah. you. Be yourself. And people will, people, you will find your tribe. You will find the people exactly. who like what you do. Sure, you're going to get someone that's like, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're playing sucks, whatever. But like, you're going to get those yeah. people regardless. It doesn't matter. Of course. Of course. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Well, I th- And now, I mean, it, it's such a, this is sort of a piggybacking on the stuff that we were talking about with the brand building. I think it's so hard now because there's so much content out there. There's so mm-hmm. many, you know, there's so many drummers on YouTube trying to do i'm going to call it like the quote unquote youtube thing and there's so yeah. many people on instagram and there's so many people here and there's so many people there and right. do you think that 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 just being yourself is enough to differentiate you or do you think that you know do you think there's some other stuff that people can be doing to to i don't want to say 
I, I hate the idea of like saying it's like a marketing strategy and like you're trying to dupe people, but you need something right. to sort of to be known to to you know, see. Show up. You know, you know what? Like, I feel like I've never made a conscious effort to get recognized. I, ne- I never made a conscious effort to say, okay, I'm going to do this or I'm just going to be me so I can get going to get views and going to get attention. I just think you just got to be happy where you are, what you're doing with your current, as weird as it sounds or with your current situation and whatever comes to you is going to come in a very genuine way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't believe in like trying to become some sort of, you know, YouTube star or trying to be Instagram famous. For me, that personally just does not work. That just kind of raises my anxiety levels, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And not only that, like, okay, you have 300,000 followers on Instagram. What right? is that going to do for you? Like, what do you want to do with all of that, right? Like, do you, you need took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> right, like, what do you need? Some sort of validation that, oh my God, you're so pretty. Oh my God, you sound so, like... How long can this really last? What's right. what's the deeper? Why are you really playing music? Why are you really playing drums? What's mm-hmm. the bigger picture here? And here's the problem: you get three hundred thousand followers, you're gonna be like, "Why don't I have 400? Yeah. Oh yeah. I got four hundred. Why don't I have five? And you're gonna find other people. Well, this person has three million. Why? How come? Like it's it's a never ending. If you're if you're worried about uh, reaching that point for your happiness, I heard a. Uh, a, a guy, his name is Naval. I forget his last name, and I brought him up on the podcast before. But I remember he sent out this tweet that said, "That said, basically, desire is the contract that you make with yourself to be unhappy until you achieve something, and then you repeat that process all over again." Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And I was like, it makes it makes total sense. Like I, I think that if you're pursuing something. And wanting to pursue something and get to a point, I think that is a good thing. I think that we do need to be progressing, but you have to be okay with where you're at right now. And just be like, no, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm happy with where I'm at and I'm growing to this next thing. Of course. And I think, again, like, it's fantastic. If you have 400,000 followers, man, that's fantastic. But it's just like, why? What are you going to do with them? What's your purpose? Exactly. Like, are you just living day by day to see how many likes you get in a day? Or, you know, are you thinking of, I want to release an album in the future and, you know, this fan following is going to help me get my music out there. Or, you know, maybe I want to open up some sort of campaigns and raise awareness for mental illness or for, you know, keeping music alive, live music. Or, you know what I mean? Think of just the bigger picture. Just just don't maybe be a narcissist and see how much validation that you can get, you know. I think think the other tough part is that we don't – that a lot of people don't realize is that they're – they're addicted to social media so that narcissism it maybe if it may not be narcissism but it's actually an addiction so when you get when yeah. you see a notification on your phone it releases a dopamine response exactly yeah. the same as drugs or alcohol so every yeah. time you see that it's like taking a hit of a cigarette or taking like you know doing drugs or taking a sip of alcohol and the more you right. do it the more you get addicted to it and you're literally addicted like that, right. that blows my mind. So people don't even realize when they pick up their phone and like, as soon as they see a notification, they got to check it, they got to check it, they got to check it. And it's like, ah, ah, I got like, yeah, I, I, we're, I, I think we're all guilty of it, you know, on, oh, on some too. level, you know, I think like I'm totally guilty of it too. And it's easy to fall into that trap, but I believe mm-hmm. that just try and be more conscious of it and catch yourself. Yeah. Yep. I use an app actually called Freedom that can block all of those apps. So because a lot of times what I notice for myself is I'll subconsciously pick up my phone and yes. open and I just open Instagram and I'm yeah. literally just like holding it and scrolling through it. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, like, what am I doing? It's like I didn't even yeah. know that I was doing it. So then you go, yeah. I use this app and you open it up and it's like, no, you can't access this website. And I'm like, oh, yes, thank God. You know, thank God. Yeah. Because then you start getting out of that. It's like quitting smoking. You know, if you're like exactly. you're smoking less and less and then you end up stopping, you don't have that. You don't have that addiction anymore. So exactly. But I, it was I was bad for a while, admittedly. Oh, man. Me too. Oh, me yeah. too. I still am. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I got to check. Hold on. Let me check my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Were you saying something? I was checking my Instagram. 
<laughs> and and what happens when you know what happens when Instagram's not cool anymore and you've put all your stock and all your self-worth and all your value in your in your followers and your likes and your DMs and all that kind of stuff and then no one goes on Instagram anymore. Like what if you what if all your self-worth self-worth was based on MySpace? You know what? I think about it this way. If Justin Bieber joins Instagram, if Justin Bieber goes on Facebook, if Justin Bieber creates his own app, the following is going to follow him because he's worked on him. He hasn't worked on being famous on Facebook. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. such a that that's a very powerful statement and just like yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about being famous on this platform. I'm just yeah. worried about growing my audience as a whole and wherever I go people are going to follow. Exactly. And I actually noticed that with particularly with drumming and with drummers resource that there were there's all of these drumming accounts that are out there and mm-hmm. 99% of the time this is my opinion I don't think that people even know who's behind the the page the quote unquote page and yeah. it's just a when people are scrolling through it's just another outlet for people to see a drumming video yeah. And they just keep, they watch it and it's their entertainment inside of Instagram and then they right. keep scrolling. So I've had people message me and be like, what does your, what does your page do? And I'm like, what does my page do? I was like, I don't even understand. It was like, what does your, what does your Instagram page do? Like, what do you guys put out? And I'm like, we put out the content that we release every week. Like there's a podcast right. with 400 episodes and we have, you know, the website and we have this and we have that. And the guy's like, oh, I thought you guys just put out Instagram videos. So, because there's thousands of accounts out there that are just releasing Instagram videos. So, I think that, you know, you know, drum lovers one, two, three, or whatever that puts out a a repost video every single day, they may have 30, 40, 50, 60, 100,000 followers. But, like, if they move to Twitter, all these people are going to be like, oh my God, drum lovers one, two, three went to Twitter. We need to follow them over there, too. It's just a native thing that inside of the app that people are just like, oh, this is, I follow this because I like, seeing drum videos like the right. the example this is a very long-winded comment and i apologize but the example that i have is like i'm a plane nut like i love planes right like jumbo yeah. jets and all that kind of stuff so i follow a bunch of those pages on instagram but the only right. reason i follow them is because they show videos of planes and i like watching those videos of planes if they go to they're right. like follow us on twitter or like buy our merch and all that i'm like no there's no way I'm like i'm not committed to them that way because they haven't right. built they haven't built a community around what they're doing exactly you know? wow that was really yeah. long i'm sorry <laughs> no it's all good <laughs> <laughs> my espresso kicked in and i was like let me t- let me talk for a minute <laughs> <laughs> but i just the that was just piggybacking on your point of like you know you have to you have to build the community around you and what you're doing not base it on how many likes and followers you get. Like if you got 300 people that really love what you do, then like add value and cater to those 300 people. Yeah, exactly. And find your purpose. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I just took over that conversation for a second. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> I have, this is my podcast. I'm going to talk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I can do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is my guest, Sarah. She's not going to talk. I'm going to talk over it the whole time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, maybe we should have done this interview like later at night. So I was a little more like coming down from the caffeine a little bit. Um, I want to talk about the VF jams. I think this is, it's an amazing thing, what they're doing. And so how did, how did that whole thing come about? How did you get invited to do it and talk about what it is first and then how you became a part of it? Yeah. So what Vic VF jams, oh my God, or VF live um, we all went to a studio in Hollywood called East West Studios about one week before NAM, And there were about eight drummers, I believe. And we were all told to bring in a composition of ours. Robert Spott Seawright was the MD. Obviously, everyone knows that he's an incredible drummer, but he also plays keys. And he kind of arranged and did all the, yeah, did all the arranging for everybody's tunes and curated a house band. And we played with that house band live and we basically had two takes each. And we had maybe one rehearsal the night before where we got to run through our pieces once or twice. So that's, and, and like in that East West studios in Hollywood, like Frank Sinatra recorded, like that's the studio to be at. The studio. Yeah. So Joe Testa from Vic Firth, 
Um, he contacted me like about two months prior to the session and he's like, Hey Sarah, we're doing this new thing. this fabulous thing. Are you on board? I'm like, is that even a question? I'm like, of course. (laughs) (laughs) No, Joe, I think I'm, I'm busy that week. I'm sorry. I can't make it. No, I know better (laughs) studios and yeah, no. (laughs) Right. And better places to find better drummers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And maybe I'll just mention the lineup real quick. Yeah, do it. Stanley Randolph. Yeah. So Stanley Randolph, um, Devin Taylor, Mike Mitchell, Eric Harland, um, Mike, uh, Mark Juliana, Benny Greb. Oh my God. Am I missing anybody? Myself, Matt Spot. Garska. Eight. And Matt Garska. Yeah. Did Spot play drums too? He did. That was kind of okay. like a surprise tune. And they kind of did the tune, learned the tune in five minutes on the spot. It's insane. For Spot. Yeah. It, like seriously insane. And it's like everybody who's in the drumming community was just walking in and out of the studio and everyone was just watching each other. And it was just very overwhelming, but super friendly. And everyone was just fantastic. So, and then what they're releasing, like a new, let's call it a song, right? A new song, like every, every week or every, every month? month, every month, every month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So mine just came out this month. And the, like, I'll link up to the videos. Like these, these jams are insane. It's not just like, like it, it's totally for drummers, you know, but it's, yeah. It's so, it's so good. And it's just like, it's not just someone like running through a tune. It's just badass. No. And there's all these people in the studio and they're dancing yeah. and they're clapping and everything. Like it's a, it's awesome. And the motive behind it is such a beautiful thing is that they're trying to encourage musicians to play with each other and not just play alone in the basement and to keep live music alive. I think yeah. that we need that. I, I mean, going back to what we talked about with social media, I think that there's so many people. I mean, I get emails all the time. They're like, I'm like, what's, they're like, I need help with my career. I'm like, what's the goal? And they're like, I want to be a YouTube star or I want to be an Instagram yeah. star. And I'm like, don't you want to play music with other people? Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. So, um, yeah. And like the, the, I love, you can feel the energy through these videos. Yes. It's just, it's so, I'm like, I'm watching it and I'm like, yeah, I'm all into <laughs> it. I'm like, man, I wish I was there. So if anyone from uh, Vic Firth is listening, please invite me to the next one. Um, so, so I'm like, not to play. I just want to be there. I'm not going to, you've got to be out of your mind. I'm not playing in front of all those, in front of all those drummers. Uh, but I'll link up to yours because yours is, is fantastic. They're all really good uh, from, from the clips that I've seen and everything. I know they're not all out yet, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely link up to yours. Uh, so what does, what's your mindset going into something like that? Was it, obviously you're honored to be asked, but are you yeah. nervous? Was it overwhelming? Were you sort of like, you know, I mean, you're going in with, with, your peers, but they're all great drummers, like some yeah. of the best in the world. So definitely nerves are there. Mm-hmm. Um, the beautiful thing was that everybody had something different to offer. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew my place and my identity. I definitely felt that, oh my God, I need to impress this person. I need to impress that person. But then when you get there, everyone's just chilling and it's such a good hang that you just feel so comfortable just to play. That mm-hmm. just all these things kind of leave your mind. Right. And I'm sure every one of them is like, oh my God, I got to impress that person. I got to, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. everyone's feeling the same way. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I was just <laughs> like, I'm just going to do my best in the moment. Whatever happens, it's out of my control. I'm just going to be the best that I can be. What else can you do? Exactly. What else can you really do? You yeah. know, it goes back to what we said before. You're prepared. You know, exactly. you're a professional, you've done the work, yes. you're going to go yes. in there and you're going to kick ass and take names. Why? Because you're the real deal. Not because, you know, you're just like, you fooled everyone on Instagram to into thinking you're a great drummer. And I can't even tell you, like, we had two takes. That's it. We ran through the song once or twice max the night before. So it's That's like, nuts. you had to be on no editing. Like it's literally live. So, so. crazy. And I'm, I'm wondering... And you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but normally the first take is the best because you're not overthinking. Yeah. You're not like, I mean, there might be like blown changes or something like that, but like most of the time it's like, cause once you get to the second take, you can analyze the first thing that you played and you're like, Oh, I want to try this right. other thing. And you're overthinking it and it comes out all stiff and well, not see, cool. For me, like my second take, I felt like I settled in better. There you go. Weren't as nervous or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. I kind of felt the vibe cause I'd never played with anybody in that room before. Right. Right. So the first take kind of gave me that, okay, now I know what that feels like. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. I'm so like, I'm so glad you were part of it. And and, like to get invited, it just proves, you know, 
the caliber of your plane. Like I said, they're not, they're not like, they're not invite. Never mind. I'm not going to like name names. I shouldn't do that. But I'm, I'm just saying they're not inviting like, you know, people who are fabricated online and like everything's perfect. And it's like, they're just inviting people who can really play. So. Right. So what, what stuff are you working on now? I'm interested to hear what projects you have sort of in the pipeline yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. So I'm doing, I'm a freelance musician, a freelance drummer. So I do a lot of touring, a bunch of stuff with a bunch of different people ranging from to different genres of music. What I'm doing this month is that I'm playing with my own band, my own quintet awesome. at the Toronto Jazz Festival this year, playing my original music and some, some of my friends' music. And that's going to be a ton of fun. Is it straight ahead stuff or is it? No, I would say it's like fusion of stuff, like mm -hmm. jazz fusion, like the gospel funk vibe. There's Cuban like vibe, it. Indian vibe, just like a bunch of stuff together. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So uh, anything else? you have any other, are you working on any projects, records, anything like that? Yeah, like a bunch of different albums I'm recording for like a bunch of people. Like I'm gigging like, you know, at least three, four times a week. I would just say... It's, it's ongoing. It's just ongoing. Yeah. You're busy. I dig it. <laughs> busy. Good for you. Yeah, really busy. Good for you. Busy is good, especially yeah. as a freelance musician. I'm tired, though. I, that's what I'm going to say. I'm just really tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so where is the best place for people to follow you online? Speaking of online. Yeah, well, I love Instagram. I'm really active on there. Um, I have stuff on Facebook, just all the platforms. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for, oh, we should thank Steve Pruitt for connecting us, first of all. Steve! Uh, thank Steve, you! we love you, buddy. You're probably yes. listening to this at some weird time because you're all the way on the other side of the world, but but uh, <laughs> we love you, buddy. Thanks for thanks for hooking it up and thanks for connecting us. Uh, but I want to thank you, Sarah, for, for one, for taking the time to chat. I know that, like you said, you're busy, you're tired, and I appreciate you doing this. Two, congratulations on the success that you've had so far. I know you're going to continue to climb this mountain. So uh, kudos to what you've been doing. And third, uh, for being such a bright, shining star in the world of women drummers. And I don't like to differentiate the two, but I think that you are a person that other women drummer, drummers can look at for encouragement and realize that they can do this as well. And yeah. I, I appreciate that, that you are a great role model for people and that people can look at you as a fine example of what's possible in this industry. So thank you for that too. Wow. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for being yeah. part of it. And uh, hopefully I will see you soon. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll sneak into the next VF Jams together or something. <laughs> Let, we'll come up with a big plan. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, thank you again. It was, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It was for me as well. That was Sarah Thauer, super inspiring conversation with her. She had some really great information and just a lot of life lessons in there about just you got to be you got to be true to who you are and you have to love yourself. You got to respect yourself. And if you want to go out and do something, damn it, you can do it. I encourage you to follow her on the internet. If you go to the show notes, drummersresource.com forward slash session 402, you can find all that information there. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And please don't forget to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. All right. I love you. Peace.